Welcome back to the Retail Ready Podcast. Thanks for joining. We are on episode number 15. In today's episode, we have our own key person of influence within the food industry. Today's guest is Sharon Natoli. She's an author, public speaker, runs her own business, and she also helps medium to large businesses with their brands and connecting with the consumer. This episode is just full of knowledge bombs, mainly coming from Sharon, and it was just a pleasure to record this episode. Sharon has her own book called Food for a Better Future, a new direction for global business of food, which I believe is a must read for anyone working in the food industry, but also the people who deal with the end consumer. It's an ever-changing landscape and Sharon uses her 30 years of knowledge to discuss all aspects of this changing landscape and also the role that food play in people's worlds. It's a great episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. This is episode number 15. Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt, your destination for product development, food trends, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast. I have a fantastic guest with me today, and thank you very much for your time, Sharon. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Ben. Fantastic. And I've... We we came across each other through mutual friends. So the the kind people at Mintel introduced me to yourself, and I've I heard your name in the industry, but I never really looked into you until we connected on LinkedIn, and until I did a bit of Google uh, research, and then you sent me your book, uh, which basically makes you a a person of key influence, I believe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> would Would you like to give the listeners kind of a uh, an overview of who you are and your background and what you get up to? Yes, yes. Thanks, Ben. So I'm Sharon Natoli, and uh, I've started working in the food sector like it's 30 years ago now. So that's maybe why you've heard my name. I've been around a long time. Um, and originally I started, I qualified as a dietitian and I, I worked for a few years uh, doing that in a community setting. And then I quickly became interested in marketing and from there interested in the food industry and started working for one of our major uh, brands and uh, on their PR and communications and managing that in the early days. And then and then I went into do, working for um, communication agencies and PR, consulting back to to businesses around communication. And and after a while, I thought, oh, I'm sort of starting to lose that connection with um, you know people and individuals around what they're eating. So I decided mm-hmm. to start my own business, which is pretty much spot on 22 years ago now. So most of these last few years have been providing advice to food uh, businesses, mainly medium to large size businesses, and also primary produce. Uh, marketing organizations around how to how to bring healthier foods to market and how to communicate around the health and nutritional attributes of those foods and products so often working with marketers and innovation you know innovation teams and strategy and and their agencies amazing and you're also an author of the book food for a better future and i am an author yes i can say that now Unreal, unreal. And before before we hit record, I was just telling uh, Sharon, uh, she kindly sent me a copy of one of her books. And I honestly, I'll, I'll be open and honest here, the last book that I read 
um, page to page was Harry Potter. And <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm a huge book lover. However, with the innovation of Amazon and Audible, I listen to my books. Um, you sent me the hard copy, which I'm very grateful for. Um, next stage, I think you need to do the Audible um, version. Yes, well, I'm with you there. I, 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 you know, I think you can get through quite a bit when you're, you know, you you put your headphones on and you listen to books, and you know, it's amazing oh, yeah. how much walking around and things that we do, and we can get 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 through a lot of content that way. It's indeed. So I've since receiving your book, and I've told myself, let's go get through it. And page one, I was blown away by just what you were saying, because. I had to kind of stop and think and realize that what you're saying in this book is literally what is going on in the market in the food retail business. So when when did you write this book? When did you when did you put that uh, like literally page one? When did you put those uh, words on paper? Yeah. So I after uh, you know working in the industry for such a long time and and being being an advisor to my clients after after a while I think you go well it's good to respond, you know, when responding to clients' needs and providing them with advice. But after a while, I thought, well, we're kind of, I feel like we're getting a little bit stuck. We're doing the same thing, but but the way that consumers are evolving and their interest in health just continues to grow and grow. And I, I, I sort of took a step back and I thought, well, what, you know, what do I think about the future and what do I think about where the food industry is going and, and what would I do if I was a food business? And that's how I really came up to uh, how the book came about. Uh, so it's called Food for a Better Future, um, a new direction for the global business of food. Um, and it was really, I really started writing it probably 18 months before it got published. It got published right. in August last year. So, um, you know, we talk about trends, we talk about change, Things, things some things change quickly and some things, uh, you know, not as quickly, but we, we know that things are changing. And I think that, yeah, the key thing that because I, I work mainly with medium and larger sized businesses is that we're starting to see them lose traction in the market and that smaller, you know, more agile players coming in um, and growing, you know, 10 to 15 times faster while the traditional businesses and brands starting to experience a real deceleration in their in their growth. Um, yeah. And that's really reflected in consumers changing values and what's driving their purchasing decisions. So the book is around how consumers values are changing and provides mm. a bit of a strategy around you know how businesses can connect in with that uh, yeah i think it's fantastic because literally yeah page one you, you're suggesting i like to call them the sleepy giants like the the sleepy giants have just kind of done their their day-to-day stuff through their usual forms of marketing and advertising etc and these these smaller companies which i see all the time popping up and you kind of go Oh wow! They they've gone from literally a farmer's market with an idea to being on the shelf of a retailer, and when they're on the shelf, another product has to disappear. And are you are you just finding that it, this is more and more? And do you think it's only going to grow, or do you think kind of the sleepy giants will will come back with um, a huge force and kind of do their own little kind of startup kind of looking brands? Yeah, um, I think that will a bit of both actually is is my my thoughts in terms of how the future will go. That there's 
the, the smaller brands are really connecting with people's desire to go back to, to more local, you know, more, more knowing who, who's behind um, mm. the brand, um, how it's made, you know, the face of the, the person, the leader. I mean, I think there's, there's lessons and there's certainly opportunities in there for the sleepy giants um, and that we need to put more faces behind our brands and not, not sports people and celebrities, but actually yep. real people that um, work in the food system that have that expertise and knowledge. Um, and I mean, we're starting to see definitely the sleepy giants buying, um, you know, buying the small, yeah. smaller brands and trying to get in that way. And, and, and um, you know, Mars just launched a Seeds of Change Accelerator program, which is another way of getting into looking at, um, you know, funding startups that are reflecting um, consumers changing values and... and oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and do you... In the, in the book, you also mention it, kind of the values. Would you, is there any bigger values than others that you think play a big part in now where consumers are kind of moving to or looking for? Yes, I think that, so coming from my, my, my grassroots of the health and nutrition, that that's just grown, um, as we know, over time. And it's always been there ever since I started. Mm. You know, we, we talk about health as being a trend, but Really, it's been it's been happening for the last thirty years at least. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> uh, but it's just become very much more mainstream, and uh, it's sitting alongside price, taste, and convenience. You know those three big drivers that are always there. But it's also the way that people define what's healthy is is changing, and that's yeah. where I think there's there's a little bit of catch up to do uh, because it's not just now a matter of saying this food's high in fiber or gluten-free or you know lower in sugar you know we've got to do a lot more than that now um, because the way that people are defining what's healthy now in incorporates transparency mm. it's where it, it's where it came from it's the ingredients um, it's the whole system that sits behind it uh, and it's also now incorporating it you know it's good for me is it good for me is it good for my family is it good for the planet as well and that's the bigger picture uh, and so we need to we need to ideally go develop strategies that cover each of those layers to really connect in with um, how consumers' definition of what's healthy is changing. That's, yeah, that's really interesting. Instead of going kind of small level, we're now stepping into kind of it's such a, a wide spectrum of what health looks like, which I, I love this space. And it's great speaking to someone like you with your expertise and knowledge, mm -hmm. because what I'm what I'm learning now and what I'm working, so the range of products that I'm working on is driven from the insights from such as like your friends at Mintel and articles and social media. But for someone like yourself who has seen this, these trends grow from years ago, um, it's just unreal and that, that you put two and two together and, uh, and hopefully, um, it makes four and uh, this is the way that the, the future is going. <laughs> yeah, yes. And you talk about values and so they're, they're all values that, you know, that consumers consumers have changing values around what it is to for a product to be healthy. You know, we can mm. say, oh, well, we know fish is healthy for us, for example, but if it comes from a system where I think the water's not clean or, you know, it's got contamination or, you know, I'm, I'm a bit concerned, I don't trust the food system sitting behind it, then the yeah. fish isn't going to be healthy. And and so the opportunity, I think, for businesses that are feeling a little bit of a, you know, deceleration in their 
their growth or their sales is to be able to think not only about product development but message development and and if consumers consciousness and values are changing business consciousness also needs to keep up and 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 that's where the whole kind of i guess idea of having having values around your food which is an idea that i talk about in the book and 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 developing shared values and and that's how i think we can really start to uh, develop trust um, back into the food food industry, particularly for those larger companies where yeah. trust has been lost, and and trust is like a major currency for yeah. driving consumers' food purchasing decisions. And so, to build trust, uh, we talk about transparency, but that's only part of it. I think it's certainly developing shared values and saying we care about the same things that you do, and this is what we're doing about it. Um, but then also, you know, we've got to develop. Uh, voices, more voices from industry, um, and that's not easy. But I think we can we can do that too, and keep keep raising um, you know raising the well the, the profile of leaders in the industry by talking about the things that consumers care about, rather than talking about how we want to grow our brand or how we want to be the biggest snack maker or the fastest growing this or that. You know. Yeah. You've got to have leaders talking about the issues that consumers care about. That's interesting. And and from that, so with the, the clients that you work with in the brands and businesses, like what you're saying, say about the fish, that it needs to come from a sustainable source and stuff like that. There's a price point affected with this. And do the, do the brands and kind of the businesses understand that we're not playing at a low price here, that there will be a premium? And do you think people will pay for this premium? Uh, if the messaging is clear and the transparency is there, yeah, it's a it's a really good question, um, and Thank it's you. not <laughs> yeah, price um, because price will always drive purchasing decisions, probably more than what people will say in consumer research. So yeah. Yeah. acknowledging that, and also acknowledging <laughs> that there is, a, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that can afford to pay, and then there's a lot of people that can't afford to pay a higher price. Um, but there is a there, there was some work done by Deloitte. It is a couple of years ago, but I think it's still relevant. Where they found this pervasive shift from price, taste, and convenience over to health and wellness, social impact experiences. You know those evolving values. And what they found is that that shift was pervasive across all demographics, um, socioeconomic levels. Um, you know, male, female didn't matter, and so that is a big shift and so what that says is that there is a little bit of a a loosening around price and and I, I I also talk about this in the book and saying that yes there's a ceiling when it comes to price but I think there's also a floor and and below that people start to go well you know who's getting ripped off here really and I think the one dollar a litre milk scenario um, yep. is a good example of that that people started to go okay there's people go great you know I can get milk for a dollar a litre but other people are going well that's just too cheap you know who's what what's happening um, you know who's 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 getting ripped off and mm-hmm. you know and the whole farmer thing came out and 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 then you like we had um, you know so Harris Farm in New South Wales make taking a stand against that saying we don't believe that that's fair doesn't fit in with our values as a business we're not going to sell milk for a dollar a litre we're going to we're going to produce this farmer friendly milk and 95 percent of the the cost of that will go back to the co-op which will go back to the farmer and I think people people 
are prepared to pay for something like that where there's a story behind it. And I think that's the other thing where you have values is that you can start to tell better stories about yeah. your food and about your business. And, and and that connects in with what people people's kind of concerns are. And, and, and it's taking a stand like that, I think, that, that, that there's a big opportunity for businesses and brands and leaders to be putting out messages that, you know, reflect their beliefs and, and to to keep to keep on to, to develop those beliefs and then to kind of take actions behind them and then to talk about that as well so that consumers can see that industry is doing you know ha- putting all these initiatives in place and we know there is change you know we know lots of businesses are making some really great changes but mm. i think there's an opportunity to talk a little bit more about that oh definitely like and bringing it back to home like the company i work for bring in containers all over the world of ingredients whether it's nuts seeds grains and if you just if you were one of those grains and you traveled along the journey of from the farm to the 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 consumer's home all the different processes in between so the quality checks the the manufacturing process like and then you buy, say, a bag of oats on the shelf for a dollar twenty. You kind of have to go. That is cheap. Like I, and it, it only occurred to me when uh, in the past job when I worked for Coles, when you look at the private label offer versus the branded offer, and you kind of go, private label is pretty cheap, and you hope that someone is making some money somewhere so that businesses can survive. But yes. you kind of go. I, the, all the steps in between, so the farmer to the maybe the trader to the logistics to the quality checks to the packing, like there's all these kind of extra add-ons that have to involve cost, and then someone buys it for a dollar twenty, and that yeah. was a real insight to me from moving from yeah the retail world to the manufacturing world, how many steps and how many checks are involved. So, yeah, it's a it's a fascinating world, and I hope people realize the price of health and the price yes. of uh, buying good quality stuff outweighs sometimes sometimes you just have to question I, I think not many people question um the food that they buy would you agree or they just kind of see it as I'll just pick it off the shelf and open yes. it and it goes yes depends on the person I guess but I think that yeah. um more people are questioning it you know more people we know yeah. that People are shifting from, you know, when it comes to the nutrition and health side, from the nutrition information panel more to the ingredient list. Yeah. Um, so looking more at, you know, actually what's in it. So here, here, these are the numbers in the nutrition panel, but it might be, you know, lower in sugar or lower in fat or whatever it is someone's looking for, but actually what's in it. So yeah. we, we, that's that. There's a bit of a a shift there. Um, but I think I think that we need to move away from the idea that, you know, I, it's, this is probably a, a bugbear of mine, that the idea that food should be cheap. I think mm. we should pay the right price for food. And, yeah. and food is a lot, there's a lot more to it than simply, um, you know, it's not a commodity. It's Food is about nourishment. Um, it's about sharing it's you know food does food is much more powerful i believe than what we give it credit for uh you know cooking for others is a is an act of generosity and uh you know an opportunity for people to be grateful um you know eating together connects us there's a whole lot of social cultural as well as physical you know nutritional um, and environmental aspects to food um so i it, it it's something that um, you know I believe strongly that we should pay the right price 
ideally for food um, and try and move away from prom overly promoting food based on price. You know, there's a whole lot more that we can say about food. I completely agree. And, and yeah. from, and from, one, from one, yeah, from one nutritionist to another, I completely agree. There, <laughs> uh, Mike. Well, I get I get married in two and a half weeks to hopefully a future dietitian. So our house is constantly um, on the food watch. So we, yeah, we we understand the price of good food and good health. And I think again, you touched on it before. It's it's an education piece, and it's uh, you need people in the industry to to stand strong in this and you also need kind of yeah the, the brands on shelf to to really hammer home the message of why is this product better than uh previous products and uh, really really drive home the message that health is actually uh, here to stay yeah i think there's a lot of opportunity for um for brands to to tell more stories around their food you, you if you go into a supermarket you look at the different labels and what's on there there's sure there's differentiation around the brand or some of the, the claims that are on the front but there's there's not a there's not a lot of differentiation around the stories I think there's still a lot more stories we can tell which helps then to educate people and raise their awareness about some of the things that you were just saying you know about the, the quality checks that that food goes mm. through um, where it's come from and you know who's grown it and that sort of thing I mean there is there is there is more being done in that area but I think there's still a lot more that that we can that we can do G given I, I understand there's always space issue on, uh, yeah. on and you've got to put all this other stuff on um but you know I think that we can we can we can certainly do a lot more innovation around messaging uh, you know then, that, that yeah. then leads me on to my next question that I'd love to ask you because you're working with brands and businesses and the role of social media and kind of not even just putting your message on pack anymore you can put your message via numerous different methods whether it's instagram snapchat facebook um different um platforms of advertising are you seeing a, a change with the people that you're working with as to how they're promoting their products or marketing differently um n not a lot i think that we still doing a lot around you know, uh, definitely like nutrition and health that's connected in with the nutritional health attributes of a product, which is yeah. relevant and we need to do. I think we can also do a lot more around the the, the values and beliefs and what the, the brand and, and developing a viewpoint. So, so what does the brand or what does the leader in that company believe about the future of food, um, yeah. where food's going, um, what, what, what do, where would they like to see it going? You know, what do they believe about the environmental aspects of the food, about how food nourishes people, um, you know, about the things like the packaging or the social aspects of eating together, you know, developing a viewpoint and then putting that out through social media, I think is uh, there's a big opportunity for that. And we, we do see some leaders um, of food businesses doing that, but there's a lot more that could be done. It's nice to hear your views on that. And yeah. All, all I want to say is, and you mentioned it before, that we could do another podcast. I would love to do another podcast on numerous different topics uh, to tap into your knowledge. So I Thank think if, if you are listening, guys, uh, I'd, yep, I'm, I'm go I'll try and get Sharon back again if she's, uh, if she's keen. Um, but if, 
if people wanted to learn more about you and uh, contact you, Sharon, what's the best way um, any listeners could go about that? Yes, we'll be going to my website, which is just SharonNatoli.com. That would be the easiest thing to do. And there's a contact page there. Beautiful. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll add that website into the show notes so people can just click through nice and easily. And absolute, absolute pleasure talking to you, Sharon. And uh Thank you again. And yeah, I literally can't wait to have you back and for uh, part two of, yes. uh, of your knowledge. Thanks very much, Ben. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you.